Hello listeners and welcome to episode 67 of Cake Watch, the podcast that's been going for the last year and a half, mm. nearly two years now, mm. about Brexit. Um, it's seen off a couple of non-Brexit days <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're still in the EU, but not much longer, not for much longer. With me, Chris Kendall, I am um, a worker for the European Union um, that's my USP in the world of podcasts, but I'm not doing this in a professional capacity. I'm doing this in a strictly personal capacity. And with me is... Steve Bullock, an ex-negotiator for the UK in the EU. And all for doing this in a personal capacity, but I don't work for anybody. So I have... Uh that's why I've never done the disclaimer, to be honest. You uh, do the disclaimer all the time. Do I do the disclaimer? Yes. No, I, no, I did the disclaimer when I was working for Alan Smith. Oh. Um, because, yeah. yeah, I thought yeah. that was very, very necessary for his future political career. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, so the last time we spoke, the last time we were, we podcasted was before the, before the election. Um, we did a, a short, 15 minute long podcast urging people to go out and vote tactically and some of you did mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not enough of you yeah, no, some did absolutely um it was a podcast from the heart um i think it communicated itself how concerned we were um how important we felt the the moment was in in our lives in our history and i think that time will show that that was true yeah. Um, so. so right now we're recording the week after. It's what? What are we? Tuesday night. It's Tuesday night. Um, last Thursday, the UK had its general election. Friday the thirteenth um, was the day that we. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, this yeah. is day five. Day five of the new regime. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, unsurprisingly, listeners, uh, we're not feeling super super cheerful. Um, <laughs> Um, we, we, we felt the need to record before Christmas and, um, after, after, after the election, we're going to talk a little bit about our feelings. We're going to talk a bit, a little bit about, uh, where we think things will go, both with the podcast and with the country and the world. Um, <laughs> we'll try, we'll try and keep it relatively light. <laughs> Cause it's a light, it's a light subject, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I was, I had a great lunch yesterday. I'm, I, don't, I don't, I have zero fucks to give now. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, play it for fucking, all it's worth. Yeah. Fucking Eurocrats. Proper going gravy train. Up lunch. Yeah. I went out for lunch. We went to a pizzeria with, um, how, who were we all? There was, um, well, uh, guest of the show, Peter Wilding, former oh. Tory. <laughs> And then former Change UK candidate in the European elections um, with um, a number of our friends from Twitter um, working in the institutions and also from outside the institutions, um, a professor of law, a professor of EU law, uh, basically five pale 
stale males eating pizza and it trading gallows humour. And it was actually quite uplifting in a way. It was I, somebody said that um, if that getting the result of the referendum in June 2016 was like being told you have cancer. It was like getting the cancer diagnosis. I hope this isn't... I hope nobody finds this offensive. Um, obviously... You, well, you, you tweeted about this and I didn't retweet it. No, I mean... Look, <laughs> I, thought it, it, I did think it was potentially offensive. I, I, yeah. I don't want to be the tone police here. Chris. No, well, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own it and say this might be a bit okay, insensitive cool. to people. I mean, it is a bit... You know, in, in a way it is, because it's, it's not the same... Thing, obviously, um, mm. though for some people it might as well be, but it was well, quite. It it was like getting that diagnosis, but you know you've got a fight, you've got a fight on your hands. You can do something about it, and we did. We did do something about it, and we fought it. And really, we really fought it harder than I ever imagined that we would, as, as a collectively oh, as a country. God, yeah. Oh, god, yeah. Much, much harder. Absolutely. And then, um, and then last Friday was was was. Like being told, well, that's it, it's over. You've 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 got a couple of months, but you know, we've we've lost this battle. So, yeah, it, it's a slightly insensitive analogy, and it's not the only insensitive analogy I've done over the last couple of days. I've been pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to be full of them at the moment. But um, um, but this, I guess the point the point I'm making is that there was a certain serenity. Um, definitely, definitely to. You know, it's been such a hard, hard, hard couple of years. The fight has been, you know, it's been brutal. It really has. And, you, you know, you're, you're only human if you say, well, you know, I'm kind of glad that I don't have to keep fighting this thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, there's that. There's the the, the relief at that. Um, the... The... Also, you know, there's a there's a bit of a democratic aspect here as well. You know, the conjecture, the 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 the, the conceit has always been, you know, look, this was a referendum that was done atrociously. It was built on lies. It was built on total false promises. People didn't people didn't know what they were getting. People didn't know what they were getting into. People didn't know what they were getting. I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what Brexit would actually look like. Nobody could have known what Brexit would actually look like. Nobody knew it was going to cause the next three and a half years to look the the way that they did. So you know, this idea that 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 people were people were conned, um, or people didn't 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 recognise the significance of it or the the impact of it, and so on and so forth. And we don't have that now, you know. I mean, people know that they were voting for if they voted Tories for Tories, they were vote they knew exactly what they were voting for. They hadn't hidden it. Steve. It wasn't you know, it wasn't it they were they were open. You look at the manifesto and it's you know, it's open about what they God, wanted. Steve, you sit on a throne of lies. That's, Me? A, that's a seasonal reference. It's, ah. it's crisp Christmas film. Um No, no, I I don't agree with you. No, hang on. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because I think that um, I do feel that we collectively have been outmaneuvered and cheated because um, the, the, the most stupid thing in the world was that um, was that the Lib Dems and the Labour Party gave Johnson this election. He should never have been given this election. They had him on the ropes. 
and it gave them the election. It should have been a referendum. If it was about Brexit, it should have been a referendum. I don't think so. I think it was, I think it was pretty likely that the bill was going to go through. I think it, it went through on the second reading. Okay, that's not. But the it bill might have gone through with a, with a with a referendum amendment. I just well, don't think it would. I, I just don't, don't think it would. I, but I don't no, want to fight over it anymore. To be honest, no, no, no. I know. I, I don't mean about fighting about it. It's just well, I, I should say at this point, I highly recommend you listen to uh, the post-election Romaniacs, and also I'm extreme. I'm extremely pleased to hear that Romaniacs are. Uh, are, are keeping going as well. They're not breaking up the band. They're not, really, they're, really not, they're not going to call themselves Rejoiniacs, though, which I thought was a missed opportunity. It is a but bit of a missed opportunity. But they're very definitely saying, no, no, we're, we're not going to be doing Rejoin. Yeah, which, I thought, I, which I totally sympathise with, to be honest. Yeah, completely. Yeah. But yeah. I really think, I'd really recommend people 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 listen to that. Um, well, and on that episode, of the last episode of Rejoiniacs, Ian Dunn made a really good point. You know that, that if he could go back now... <laughs> knowing what he knows, uh, yes, he would argue against uh, uh, holding holding the election. Um, but at, but if he puts himself back in the position that he was in at the time, that's not the case because it was unknowable stuff, and we didn't. You know, there was so much we didn't know um, about what the what the election would mean. And I, I'm totally with him as well. Like, you know, at that point, it looked like the bill was in danger of getting through, and that there weren't numbers for an amendment there. And there might have been, maybe there could, maybe absolutely, maybe there could have been. But um, I do, well. I do, I do get it. And with hindsight, obviously, it was the wrong fucking choice. But, um, but at the time, um, I think it, I, I think it was hard not to make that choice. You know, I mean, my problem with what's just happened is that. I feel that the British electoral system is so badly broken that it, there is a disconnect between democracy and what the British political system outputs in terms of... Oh, yeah, of, I mean, there always has been, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, but I mean, it, it, it's now at the point where it's so divorced from reality and popular opinion um that it, it's so badly broken that i don't um i don't look at the what happened last week and say well you know what? at least the people have spoken at least now we know where we all stand that's not why i feel serene i feel serene simply because we now know what's going to happen um that's why no, i no, feel no. serene not because no, no, i feel I, you know no 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 completely and i do take that point but then again you know, people, and particularly, particularly the parties. I mean, really, particularly the parties. I'm not talking about ordinary voters necessarily here, but but people understand the rules of the game, and they understand the system, and they understand that oh. you have to you, to get, well to get, for example, to get electoral the electoral reform that we need. You have to win under this system first to do the electoral yeah, to which... do the electoral reform. You know, so we have so. Parties have to learn to parties have to learn to work an unfair and it is an unfair and ridiculous system. But parties oh, need to have but to. That, that, well, that's two two comments there. One is that yeah, that's that's absolutely right, which is why I've now rejoined the Labour Party because I, I just simply don't see any other way to uh, get what I want short of donning khaki and taking my rifle and going out there, as Nigel Farage once put it. Um, but the other I'm is not, that I'm not sure you'd get what you want if you did that. Either, well, to be honest, no, nor am I. But, but the other, well, I don't. I, well, look, um, the other, the other point is that I just, honestly, I, I'm, I'm a bit short on hope right now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might come back um, 
in, in, in a few weeks' time and have a more positive message. But right now, I'm very short on the optimism that you need to be able to push that. So I'm, I'm not feeling <laughs> yeah. very bright about the future of the UK. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not. I think that for the, the kind of change that needs to happen, I don't, I, don't, I don't see the pathway there. I hope you Scots leave. That might give it the kick it needs. Um, Brexit might give it the kick, it's, kick it needs, but I, I think that's going to be ugly, um, very ugly, if, it, if it's going to be the kind of kick that's necessary in order to really jolt the system yeah. into, into change. So I'm not feeling too optimistic at all. So what we should talk about tonight, I think, I don't think it's helpful for anybody for us to sit here and be incredibly defeatist and negative about um, the country's future. <laughs> so let's not do that. Um, let's instead, um, let's reflect on where we are in terms of 67 bloody podcasts and two and a half years of being um, <laughs> Yeah. Where the movement goes, because it's now a movement, um, and I don't think it will simply dissolve away, and I hope it doesn't. It shouldn't. I, mean, I suspect it, it can't, given what's likely to be coming at us in the next few months and years. Is it, um, that's, that's, just, just that mm. is interesting, because you, you would... You, you know, knowing how things work and how people work, these things do just, you know, disappear. Dis- tend to just dissipate mm. and people go, oh well you know that was that and that's not that's that's not how it feels at all now actually um so that so that you know at least shows something positive because because we, we have we haven't or you know the uk is not a country of activists and protesters in the way that say france or italy can be um it's not deep in our culture to take to the streets and to and to uh to to, to form organizations like this to, to form movements it's actually in our, it's very much in our dna to form organizations yeah. but not movements and yet there does seem to be something you know something ha- something happened here that i think really uh, you know happens yeah, but once, also, in a, once in a blue moon in the uk and that that is something positive you know i mean i know what you mean in terms of we don't have that kind of knee-jerk reaction these days to get out on the streets immediately if there's something something going on um not in the way that the french do or 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 the belgians do that i grant you but i wouldn't i i I sometimes take issue with the so it's a bit of a cliche really that the british don't do um, demonstrations and don't do um public shows of anger and because when you look at major political changes in the uk's history there's always there's always somebody out there marching or, or throwing themselves in front of a horse or getting shot by a bunch of infantrymen you know um, but, they, but, they, but, this, uh, but the, what was different about this was the, the the number and level of participation and the numbers involved in sort of constant participation in it um and, and maybe that's only actually enabled by by tech and by social media now. Actually, well, look, um, at, look at Cable Street, you know, um, and that Cable Street wasn't a one-off um, when when British people stood true. against the you know stood against the fascists. Oh, no, I'm, not, I'm so. not saying British people don't 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 stand against these don't stand against things. Mm. I'm talking more about I'm talking more about move, movements. I'm mm. talking about long ter- long term movements. Mm. Um, and yeah, they turn into they you know they often turn into organisations and so on. Um, but you know this is I, I does does maybe think this is a, a, a bit different and and heartening. 
I mean, there's like you know, there's a lot of Twitter, Twitter and Facebook are covered in people saying, "Okay, what now? What are we going to do now?" Yeah. What, yeah. And and that's really that's that's heartening, you know. Yeah, and it is heartening. Yeah, no, it is, and and um, I think that there, there, there's not going to be a shortage of people ready to throw an awful lot of energy into the resistance to the, the nightmare that the next five years is going to bring. Mm. Um, yep. So that's that is a that's a, that's a positive thought if you like. Yeah, um, people aren't just going to roll over and let this be done to them. Um, so that's and good. I, and I also think you've got a lot of you've got a, a lot of people who are much more engaged in politics than they used to be as mm. well. Mm. Yeah, which for is, sure. which has got to be a positive thing as well. Yeah, they, they didn't turn up on Thursday, did they? <laughs> well, lots did, millions did. No, not enough. Not enough. No. Mm. Not enough. No, not enough. Definitely not. But so, what should we talk about? Uh, should we talk about us for a bit? Yeah, um, I always like to talk about me. Well, Chris has done this wonderful. Chris, as you, you probably know, Chris does all the organisation here because <clears throat> I'm not very good at it and can't be asked normally. Um, but Chris has done a w- rather wonderful roll call of the guests that we've. <laughs> That we've had on. Uh, you call, you call on it that, K-Port. Steve. You do realise what I did. All I did was simply copy and paste the list of guests from our website. Have you ever actually we seen a, our website? Do we have a list of guests on our website? Yes. <laughs> do we? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm aware that we have a website. <laughs> <laughs> and I've occasionally linked to it, but I didn't. I, haven't, I, haven't, I, w- I wouldn't say I've explored it, if I'm absolutely honest here. <laughs> right. <laughs> You really should. You want to see what I've said about you. <laughs> I tried to tried to think what you've said about me. Well, you know, history's written by people who turn up, and you turned up and built a website. And, <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even turn up to private. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I haven't got the traffic for the actual website. We, we, see, we see the traffic for the podcast, which is quite respectable. Um, but um, I haven't seen the traffic for the actual website. Oh. Most people get their podcast from um, podcast subscription services. Oh, I see. That's why. That's why you put. That's why I did wonder why you'd organise this list in alphabetical order by first name. <laughs> I, I, I did think that was a weird decision, and also to spend the time and effort doing it. And that's just how it happens to appear on the website, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah Steve. Oh, yeah. This okay, took me literally yeah. twenty seconds to do. Well, um, though not over the course of the last sixty-seven podcasts, where I entered each, I lovingly entered each guest's name and a little bio and a photo for them, without knowing if anybody's ever clicked on them. <laughs> do, do you have a spreadsheet or a database of the games you've played and what levels you've got to and stuff? No, or no. no. <laughs> I'm not the kind of person at all. Strike me as the kind of person that was far too lazy to do that. <laughs> So who have we got? Are we going to do it? Now? It would've been better if it had been in 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 uh, in order that it appeared. So can you well, go and redo? It? Can, can you go and redo it? And well, the first one is the first <sighs> guest we had. Was Alan really? Yes. So Alan Alan Smith, MP. Yeah. As he was then, Alan Smith, MEP. Yeah. Was our first guest? Was he? Yeah, yeah. he was. He was. Yeah, I remember <laughs> we um, we traipsed over to his office. And huge congratulations to Alan for winning the Stirling constituency back from the Tories for the SNP with a majority of over 8,000, I think. Yeah, no, that's terrific. Well done, Alan. That's fantastic. I'm thinking very hard about coming up and being your constituent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. I can give you some pointers. 
Yes. I used to live in Sterling. Yes. Um, so Alan's been on um, several times. Um, I, won- I wonder how that came to be engineered. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we actually did, we did two from Alan's office, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. Um, yeah, Alan's been um, an absolute Remain hero, has produced some fantastic um, literature and information for his constituents in Scotland. And it's no um, accident that people up there <laughs> yeah. see this so differently when you've got people like Alan representing them and, mm. and, and, and reaching out to them. And yeah, he's been think- a real advocate for... for Scotland, but also, honestly, you know, we've been free riding off the back of him, you know, for Britain in, in Europe. No, no, completely. I mean, the, so I, I mean, people know that I went to work for, do some work for, <coughs> for Alan as a, as a, as a consultant. Um, and two things that, two things that hugely, hugely impressed me. And the reason I went to work for, I wasn't looking for a job at all, actually, um, in fact, it's quite inconvenient in lots of ways, but because um, I have a small child and 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 so on. my wife, my wife has a, a a proper job that often has long hours. So, um, but the two things that really impressed me is it would have been so easy for advocates of Scottish independence to just bank the popularity yeah. for Scottish independence that Brexit. Brexit would bring, you know, and it's an accusation that's levelled all the time. Oh well, you know, uh, the SNP di- the SNP can dine out on this. The SNP want a hard Brexit because it strengthens the case for independence and so on. And that is not what we've seen from Alan and also from other SN- from other SNP people. And the reason for that is that the best way for Scottish independence to happen was with the the UK in the was with the EU, UK in the EU. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and also having a neighbour that is unstable and has an uncertain future, who is a huge, huge trading partner, um, and has uh, unpleasant national <laughs> nationalist uh, right wing government, is also not helpful for doing it well. You know, and I think one of the things about the independence movement that I've definitely noticed is different to 2014 is that there's really less of a focus on getting it over the line and more of a focus on doing it properly yeah and doing it well and doing it successfully and i think that's a really that's a really positive thing and and the uk and brexit not happening um whatever whatever it does to polls on scottish independence or for the smp uh brexit not happening was w- may, would make independence mm. easier to do, e- easier to do well um, and less less complicated. So yeah. that was one thing that impressed me. And the other thing that impressed me, and actually this goes for lots of MEPs, not just Alan, was the incredible cross party cooperation. Yeah. Um, and I think you see how political how how, uh, how institutions how institutions mould the political culture. That, that is around them you know in the ep to get anything done you have to work across party and therefore meps working across party was not something they found particularly yes. particularly unusual and yet when i went back to london for uh well for the the occasion very occasional very occasionally i ended up at a you know a coordination meeting uh a cross-party coordination meeting in western saying i went to one or two um it was it, it was apparent how much harder this was to do in 
yeah. how much harder this was to do in Westminster, that there wasn't the there wasn't the reflex to do it, yeah. and also how how much the how much the the party the party thing and the party line. Well, for, I'll give you the example. I, I, in, in in one meeting like this, I was screamed at mm. over supporting tactical voting by uh, uh, Labour MPs' assistant. Mm. I was absolutely scream, screamed at, and he was saying this has to be stamped out, and he was banging his fist on the table saying you have to stamp this out of the Remain movement because this this will only this will only harm it, and blah blah blah. And it was just it was a totally self interested political. Mm political well, line you know well, um whereas you know in the chatter in brussels from everybody was um and particularly alan but others as well as you remember was guys you should really get on this mm, and do a podcast mm. about tactical voting and trying to, you know for the european elections and so on yeah. and, and trying to and trying to explain try and explain it to people and yeah. and, and so on so the <coughs> so I was super, every mep uh including uh conservatives like charles tatton um, and uh, and also ex-conservatives, people who lost the whip over Brexit. Yeah. I was just supremely and and uh, a swathe of a swathe of Labour MEPs. There were yeah. huge numbers of Labour MEPs involved. Yeah. Were just absolutely wonderful, and um, and were wonderful to you know to to work with me when I'd been brought in by a Scottish a Scottish National Party. MEP, they didn't see that as an issue either. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, and this, this again, it shows you how the institutions and the setup affect the affect the culture that grows up grows up around them. I think. Oh, indeed. And yeah. also, they're very good people. No, I was going to say that Alan's going to have to unlearn his cooperative ways um, in his new in his new job. Going to have to learn to be an absolute shit to people who don't agree with him because that's, that's well, the way it works in Westminster. Well, maybe so, maybe not. I mean, the, the plan the plan is for SNP MPs to never need to be elected as MPs in Westminster again. Well, we'll see about and that. I, well, listen, I mean, I want to come to that because that's, well, that's, got, that's a conversation we need to have, I think, later in the podcast because that's an yeah. important... That's, let's, let's, let's for now crack through our list of um, our former guests and potentially future guests. Um, I know we, we spent a lot of time on Alan, but I love him. No, I no, it's worth it. I mean, it's important, <laughs> but, but, I, but the, the, the whole... Scottish independence thing is an issue that we need to return to because there's yeah. a lot to be said about that. A lot. Mm-hmm. Rather, I've got a lot to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next on the list is um, Andy of Remainer Now. Who, ah, Remainer Now, man. Yeah. Wow. He, They've been amazing. So um, this is an example of somebody who really put up an incredible fight. Um, yeah, totally. And we've got a few of them, also people like Tanya, and, and you know, we'll, we'll come to them all. But, but Andy um, is, is a, a near neighbour of mine, actually, though um, back in the UK, um, though we, we know each other through, through, the Remain, through Remain Twitter. But he <clears throat> built this astonishing network of people who became advocates for... In, if we had had that referendum, I think that they would have had an essential role to play. I think they mm. could have really swung things. Very and I, much so. yeah, I think it's tragedy, actually, that they didn't get to. Um, yeah. Um, Axel. Let's talk about Axel. Axel, um, who um, is another, along with Tanya, one of the absolute mainstays of the three million... Uh, yeah. of, of the EU citizens community campaigning for EU citizens' rights in the UK. Um, 
Which is a thankless fucking task, really. You know, and and you know, you, Axel <laughs> again. You know, Axel has is absolutely tireless about calling shit out. I mean, just just before the election, he was the one who called Greg Hands out for his most appalling uh, tweet in French, um, aimed yeah. at French citizens in in Hammersmith and Fulham. Um, I mean, it, Axel, Axel, and he's such a such a sort of gentle, charming guy with it as well. Um, yeah, he really is. Yeah. Now, now, David, do you remember when we went and had our outside broadcast lunch in, on Plus Lux? That was David I really, I really enjoyed that with David Hennig. I really, really enjoyed that. And he's a big TV star now. Oh, yeah. No, Dave, Dave, David has, is one of, one of our success stories. He's obviously built on his Cake Watch career. Oh, to, um, that's entirely responsible for it. <laughs> Completely responsible. It had nothing to do with already being one of the most respected trade experts in the UK. <laughs> so Dave, David Starr can only grow more, brighter, can only shine brighter in the post-Brexit world because um, he is going to be in constant demand for um, pearls of wisdom on the UK's trade negotiations with <laughs> everybody. <laughs> It's really over to the, it's really over to them now, isn't it? It's really, it really over is. to the it's really over to the trade experts because you know I I'm not yeah. I'm not a tra- I'm not a trade person at all. So I'm what I what I will know about trade negotiations is is what I read from is what I read from them, uh, from David and and, and others. So uh, no, it's really. Uh, but it's 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 wonderful. It's the uh, we we said this at the beginning, you know, that there was suddenly this sort of need for geeks. Yeah, there's suddenly this demand for geeks. Um, well, we should probably do the next uh, person in the list in the same in the same segment then, because the next person yeah. is Dmitry Krasobinsky. Yeah. So David and Dmitry are both going to have, I think, stellar careers explaining to yeah. the, um, British media and British public why things are all going so badly. <laughs> yeah. And and Dimitri, I, I encourage them Dimitri, to do it without saying I told you so. And Dimitri's, Dimitri's such a honey as well, it's so funny. So. <laughs> I know. So it's going to be, um, uh, it's gonna be um, I think, you know, good times for them. Um, <laughs> and I mean that in the worst possible way. Yeah, completely, uh, yeah. Um, but um, now, this, this is an opportunity for me to share a, a, a small pet hate of mine. I've, I've got a few. Oh. <laughs> But Have this you one, really, Chris? Um, I get um, I get a bit cross when people talk about the UK's future relationship with the EU and the future agreement with the EU as a trade agreement. Yeah. Now I know there are yeah, some people who true. want it to be just a trade agreement, whatever that but means. It isn't. But it isn't. It's going to be more no. than that. Inevitably, it will be more than that. Even if it is just about economic and trade related issues, it's going to be more than a trade agreement because it's going to be about trade agreements are generally about tariffs and and, and um, the kind of agreement that the UK really ought to be seeking with the EU is going to be about much much more than that. Now oh, this absolutely. is somewhere where we continue to, we, where we can continue to add some value I think as, as we've both been involved in negotiating these wider agreements and I am association agreements yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I've literally just come off um, last week from another round of negotiating the um, um, the not the it's not an association agreement but it's uh, an enhanced cooperation and partnership agreement with with um, a central asian country. So um, we, we can offer some insights into this, but yeah, no, I just wanted to flag that this is a, a real pet hate of mine. And if, it, and what it, 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 not least because it, um, it supports Johnson's yes. push for a skinny, super skinny deal. And it also, re- and it also reflects the, 
reflects the 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 prevalent attitude yeah, the that we've had for so long of it be, exactly uh, and, uh, and it, transactional it, 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 minimalist transactional, that's yeah. the word yeah yeah exactly yeah. <clears throat> so I, I don't like it I, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to use it and I'm going to keep pu- pulling people up when they talk about the trade agreement when it's not a trade agreement or it shouldn't be a trade agreement and we the Remain community should certainly not be uh, accepting that it should be a trade trade we shouldn't be allowing them to frame it in that way we really shouldn't no we you're quite right I, very I, hard on that you're quite right, and I fall into that trap, I have to admit. So, yeah. yes, you're quite yeah. right. Do you know who I think you would agree with you about that, Chris? Who's that? Garvan Walsh. Garvan I think Walsh. he would definitely would agree indeed. with you. Yeah, so Garvan, um, here's one of did our... You see the li- of did you see the link there? Did you oh, see so it's very clever, it? a very clever segue 67, did, yeah. 60, 67 episodes in, and I think I might have the hang of segues now. So Garvan, <laughs> um, ex-Tory. Um, Is he ex ex well, he's certainly an ex-British Tory. Um, I think he would probably still align himself with EPP-style politics. Um, but um, but but Garvin um, has successfully extracted himself from that particular snake pit and <laughs> has now come to Brussels and has wider horizons, which is good for him. But, I mean, he has some particularly interesting and... and, and sharp analysis to offer and so we were very lucky to have him um do that for us yeah um, and speaking of clever analysts oh yes well there the you go. another segue the cleverest analyst i think uh ian bond uh it was real really really wonderful uh yeah. to have to have to have ian on because i'm a i'm a really huge fan of ian on twitter and also his his uh, uh analytic work for uh, ECFR. No, it's not ECFR. Uh, sorry, it's the Centre for European Reform. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm really, I'm really yeah. a big, big, big fan of him. It was quite. Um, we went for a drink with him once or twice. Well, didn't we? Mm, yeah. it's, it's always kind of slightly intimidating when I meet Ian because Ian was like much, much, much more senior in the civil yeah. service than I was. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. Oh, way, way more. He'd been a, he'd been an ambassador. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was, re- yeah, I was like, oh my yeah. god, it's senior staff here. Yeah. You know, I hope I hope his briefing was all right. <laughs> He's not going to shout at me. <laughs> Just have that kind of re- reflex, you know. No, it's. Been, I mean, he, I, it, it's been great the the way that we've got to meet such a variety of people just through doing the podcast. It's been terrific. I mean, it's a, it's a microcosm of Twitter writ large. Remain Twitter has been all about meeting just all sorts of interesting yeah, people. Probably. I mean, really, just such a mix of people. Mm-hmm. And the next person on the list is an example of that. So, Jason uh, Jason Knoll from uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Yes, I had yes. a terrific podcast with him in the summer. I was already yeah. in my summer break, and we did it in the in the kitchen, which we'd just finished, and um, and Skype through to to to, to Wisconsin. And um, I mean, Jason has, is such an advocate for the EU um, with his high school students uh, in 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 Midwest, you know, in the Midwest of America. Yeah. Um, where he is involved in local politics, and I mean, what what an amazing to person to have! I know uh, it's to, to think of this little little sort of outpost of thought and discussion and enthusiasm in Wisconsin is just, yeah. is just so wonderful. It's so it lovely. is. It's really exciting, yeah, and I really know that is. he's got really big is. plans. You know, so I mean, I've I, got <clears throat> I've got a very very good friend who's a. Uh, professor of who's a Jean Monnet professor in uh, at the University of Florida. Oh yeah, uh, Amy Crapel, and I, you know, I think of her. I think of her all the time. You know, Did she get her talk, 
talking to a talking to her students over yeah. there about about this stuff, you know. And I go into she does summer school, and I normally go and talk to her, talk to her students uh, for an hour or so. Yeah, because she, she does summer school in Brussels, and uh, it's always really great fun. To, yeah. Really great fun to talk to them, and to, and you know, yeah, to to, to realise how non-parochial this issue is, you know. Oh no, I mean, it's, it's a big issue. I mean, it is a big issue. This is the thing. It's a big issue. It is a big issue. We've been very parochial about it. Yeah, and it is yeah, essentially absolutely. an issue of parochialism, but it is not an, a parochial issue. It is an issue yeah. with with global significance and consequences. Um, and you know, if you're British, you shouldn't be slapping yourself back on the back about that. Like, look at us, aren't we important? What we do has global implications. <laughs> this isn't. I'm not saying that to make you feel good about yourselves, guys. I mean. <laughs> No, no, the, 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 the attention on it is like the attention uh, on uh, the, uh, the guy who gets coked up at a party and gets his knob out. Yeah. It's not on us because, you know, out of admiration. Yeah, yeah. Not, oh, everybody's looking at me. Yeah, because you've got your cock yeah. out. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> Hang on, that's a terrible segue to Jim Cornelius. Uh, so, that's uh, awful. It's just speaking awful. Speaking of which. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jim, you just happened to be there. That is absolutely awful. <laughs> Uh, now, Jim, now, Jim is someone I love very dearly because Jim is a true expert and truly self-taught. Yeah. He, deci- he decided that he was going to become an aspect, uh, was going to become an e- expert in the finer points of, uh, of particularly of trade, but particularly of tariffs, um, particularly and- of oranges. <laughs> Particularly of oranges and coffee. And coffee. Don't forget the don't don't forget the coffee. And he went around just absolutely taking apart very very senior politicians' asser- assertions yeah. on the on on these things and did an absolutely yeah. amazing job. And I, I think he's now isn't isn't he? Uh, I'm going to say something that's not true here probably, but it, it, he, he's an associate at the UK Trade Observatory. Isn't we he, t- we talked about this on the podcast with him. Yeah. Uh, yes, he yes. is. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I, I, but I just think that's absolutely amazing that somebody just decides yeah. they're going to do this. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't and, it? And ends up and ends up having a, a, a formal post at a very well respected organisation about it. I think it's absolutely Which amazing. Is entirely and, deserved. I mean, much more deserved in oh, many God ways than, than you know the usual academic path to it. Because I mean, yeah, or, or, or you know, or, or people like us who sit and say what we reckon you know we don't put yeah. it's not like we're it's not like we're sitting putting hours and hours of work into <laughs> we we have the occasional one on on well we we tried to on the first tactical voting have one we? where we got the Dahon method wrong but <laughs> yeah we're i put fucking hours into that and still got it wrong so yeah christ um uh, but yeah no for jim's just been absolutely amazing it's 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 mm, incredible mm. Um, yeah and then from Jim to John. So John, the most recent guest we had on, which is extraordinary, actually, that it took us so long to get John Worth on, on, on the podcast, given how much he's contributed over the years to um, yeah. understanding of Europe, um, to UK always, politics. He's, al- he's always in and out of Brussels. You know, he, tra- he just yeah. travels and travels and travels speaking yeah. and, work- and teaching. So yeah. he's just always in and out of, of, of Brussels for, for a, few, a few hours, often not even whole days, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean John um, is is uh, he's another one of those genuinely European citizens. Um, yeah, a, a, very much a, so. a real. If there is a European demos, then you know John Worth is is it, and yeah. um, and he's also put his money where his mouth is, big by um, joining a local 
um, political party in the country where he's naturalized and um, standing for office there. And, you know, he's, he, he, he definitely is one of those people that walks the walk. That's what yeah. I love about John. Um, so well, um, ride, rides the train mainly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, John, John will be back for sure on on this podcast, assuming we're still doing it. <laughs> By the time um, it's time for him to come back on, no, even 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 if we just have to do one on European trains, we'll get him back on. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can think of a couple of other people to, we could bring on for that one, but yeah, yeah. There, there is a train Twitter, John Stone as well. Yeah, yeah. there is a European train. No, absolutely, no, my chum, yeah. my chum and colleague and a long, long-standing friend, borderliner, um, who oh yeah, borderliner yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. I, won't, I won't give his real yeah. name because he would be cross no. with me if I did. But um, now um, we've already talked up the amazing talents and dedication of um, the cross-party group of British MEPs, um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned her um, in um, not oh, indirectly. Uh, Julie Girling. Um, so Ju- Julie is another one of those pe- politicians that you just simply have to respect for putting yeah. um, her values ahead of her career. Oh God, yeah. I was just a re- every interaction I had with Julie was just a a, a real a real joy because of her single-minded drive on this, her single-minded drive to put the country above the party, and Europe, actually, as well, not just the country. Um, You know, Julie believes that the UK's place is in Europe, and she believes that the UK made a positive contribution to Europe, um, and that it it should should continue to and do so to a greater extent. And, yeah, and she, she... Well, I mean, she loved her... She lost a political career yeah. over it. Yeah. She was dumped uh, extremely unpleasantly and unceremoniously by by her party, yeah. and 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 just and just continued. You know, the party that she'd been in most of her life. Yeah. And you know, she just she just pressed on and continued. And you know, the, there was no issue whatsoever. Again, I know I keep saying this, but there was no issue whatsoever with working with non-unionists <coughs> like Alan. You yeah. Know? Uh, and working working with working with Labour MEPs, um, well, Ju- it was she was a real inspiration to me, actually. I mean, Ju- Julie um, and and her colleague, um, they were they were the canaries in the coal mine, weren't they? I mean, what, yeah. what what happened to them in terms of the way they were treated by by the party back in London uh, was repeated with people like Dominic. Grieve and David Gork and but much so, later, two, yeah, much two later. Years later. But but yeah. you know what happened to them repeated itself mm-hmm. uh, in Westminster later, and we you know, again with hindsight we 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 should have seen that coming. Um, that was that that was showing where the Tory Party was heading. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Now now here now next next up in my alphabetical list of guests is Katie. <laughs> oh, this was my favourite flipping podcast. I loved <laughs> this one. So Katie Lowe. Uh, fellow, my my, my um, fellow classicist, um, we we did the most self indulgent. But I, I really should look at the listener figures for that podcast because I I, I wonder really, how many I really people actually listen to one. it. I really enjoyed this one because I dabbled in. I did like GCSE in classical civilization, so I've da- <sighs> I sort of dabbled in it and and enjoy the stuff about this. But I can imagine some of the usual listenership 
might have drifted off after 25 minutes or so, you know? Like, what, what, what? Yeah, this was the one that we did about um, history and lessons from ancient history in particular uh, when it comes to Brexit and British politics and where we're all heading. And basically, uh, it was just an, ex- an excuse for us to nerd out on a bit of ancient history. Uh, I think and- you, but I think you, I think you should have been... Pi- I think the two of you should have been pitching that to the BBC... For a or Channel Four for a for a series, you know, le- lessons lessons from the classical le- lessons from the classical world for us today. I think that would be a brilliant, you know, eight part eight part series on a uh, on a Sunday night at ten o'clock. You know, well, if anybody's listening, they want to they want to throw us a big pot of cash to do that. I'm, I'd be quite happy to take a year off my job and do that. I'm yeah, no, I don't think I don't think it would cost that much to do. I think it would be a very reasonable well, return well, I think on it would their cost investment. Quite a lot. I think it would cost quite a lot to get me to give up work for a year. Chris, Chris, you do that later in negotiations, not in the initial pitch. You tell them it's cheap in the initial pitch. Chief, you need media training. <laughs> Speaking of media training, was that, oh, Christ, was that deliberate? I, no, that, that wasn't even deliberate. No, it wasn't. It honestly wasn't. Come on, you're doing it naturally. You're doing it without even realising that you're doing it. Speaking of media natural, training, like, I mean, now Laura really needs to be... She, we really need to promote her to co-host, don't we? Because, yes, I mean, she, we really do. She has been co-host now for, 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 for quite a... She's a co-host. Yeah, she's been a co-host for... Loads of podcasts, but I think some of my um, fondest memories of doing this have been sat at her kitchen table eating um, metropolitan elite food and getting a bit drunk and sweary. I think that I think often that's produced our best material. It was um, the hummus and Riesling episodes, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they've been they've been good fun. Laura, Laura's Laura's just been Laura's been great though because. Uh, because of her work with the mainly because of her work with the British in Europe, yeah, um, and she's just been uh, indefatigable. indefatigable. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's your classical education, so you can say long words. Um, she's just been whatever Chris said throughout the throughout the whole thing, you know, and uh, and right up to, right up to her amazing appearance on Sky News. Well, she's such uh, a good a communicator, yeah. She's such a good communicator. Yeah. I mean, I actually don't think she is indefatigable, I mean, nor any of us, but she does a really good impression of, of being it. Yes, That's the thing. exactly, yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. very yeah. much so. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it, it certainly has taken its toll on, on all of us, and, and, and Laura's not immune from that, so, you know. Mm. No, um, I hope, um, she's another near neighbour of mine, um, both here and back in the UK, so I hope to meet up with her over the Christmas break, and we'll have a walk in the countryside or something, and not talk about Brexit. Oh, cool. So yeah, yeah. Well, see, see what she wants to come on and talk about if you, you know. Yeah. No, that's that's that that's always the fallback, isn't it? Um, a fallback's the wrong word. I don't want to say the wrong word. Well, substitute. substitute. If, if we no, if we're looking for a way of doing the podcast and we can't quite think of what to do that week, the the, the absolute failsafe um, is well, let's invite ourselves over to Laura's and and sit and have a kebab and. Talk yeah. about something at a kitchen table. So, or or if I was sick or uh, yeah, uh, frankly too depressed yeah. to talk about anything or yeah. to anyone. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's we should crack on. Um, Molly um, is another person that um, we refer to when we talk about MEPs that worked across the divide. Yeah, absolutely. So Molly's now. Re- Molly's really, Molly really scares me. Yeah, no, she, she, Molly's terrifying. 
<laughs> so she works across the political divide, but <laughs> but she'll always remind you that the divide is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she'll but sit she, at the she, table with you and she'll work <sighs> with you, but... See, the first, the first time I got to know Molly, so Molly Scott, we're talking about Molly Scott Cato, who ran for the Green Party in Stroud, didn't she? But she didn't get elected. Mm. Yeah, another sad story. Uh, did she? No. <laughs> I, I, I literally have been too scared to look at the news since last Thursday. I haven't looked. I don't know what the results I haven't. I mean, I know what the results are, but well, I haven't actually looked. Look. We don't need to look at the news. I, I, I did a tweet on this today. That no, I didn't see that my, either. My, oh, it's my top tip for... Which I've given to Viz for free, actually, is uh, my my Viz top tip on politics now is uh, to to avoid the tedium and time spent trying to follow politics, um, and just every day imagine what the stupidest possible thing could happen, and assume yeah, that, that more happened. stupid more stupid thing no no <clears throat> that more stupid things than that have happened that you couldn't even imagine. It's it's very good evidence for for the fact that we're, we're living in a simulation isn't it it's like they they dialed stupid <laughs> to 11 just to see what would happen they just push push the big push the yeah. big red. it got, all got boring and they where is the it, big where is the most boring stable bit of the world what does everybody what does everybody say yeah. is the most boring and stable part of the world well let's hit that button and see what happens to that board and you, can see, you, you, you can see the <clears> control of going ah they're going to try and form a coalition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will fuck them up these guys will never be oh oh shit they've done it and oh it's still there and yeah. oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well we'll have to, we'll have to think of something else to put to put in the next level. <laughs> yeah, they keep throwing it at, at us. Yeah. yeah. So Molly, um, I don't know what she'll do after Brexit, um, but I hope that she will not leave politics and, and that she'll keep um, she'll keep well, she's still, pushing for. She still is an she still is an economics professor. Well, indeed, um, which yeah. we know, but. The Brexit Party didn't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, no, but people don't realise because Molly can be Molly is so focused, she can appear extremely stern and, as we say, terrifying. Molly actually has an absolutely hysterical sense of humour as well. Uh, but uh, sometimes you ha- you, ha- you have to just sort of check whether she was joking or not. Yeah. <laughs> whether, whether she was joking or serious or not, because she is so fierce and and and, and driven. But she used to. Um, I don't think she'll mind me. I don't think she'll mind me telling telling people this. But um, she used to. We had a WhatsApp group for the MEPs, you know. And I would get these WhatsApp groups for cross party MEPs, and I would get I would get these WhatsApp messages at uh, you know odd hours of the odd hours of the day at night, you know, three o'clock in the three o'clock in the morning, and it would be a sort of fully sketched idea about what we should do and what the deadline for it would be. So I would leap out of bed in the morning. And quickly go and write, you know, try and put something together. Like that's a brilliant idea. We'll try and put this together. And you know, while I was doing it, another one would come, and I think, God Almighty, she's, a, she's an absolute slave driver. And then I ran into her in, in the EP, and she said, "I hope you don't mind me just sending these ideas. I have these ideas, and I just have to get them down. And I just took them out there. And you, do, you know, you do what you want with them. You don't have to act. <laughs> you don't have to act on them. But you know, she just because her her, her mind was so driven. Mm. You know, I." ideas for action she couldn't couldn't stand just talking ideas for action just poured out of her you know mm. and that was just what we needed it was amazing yeah well it would be um it would be a shame if she didn't continue in some sort of frontline political role um after well, I, think, I think i think we so, i think we need her i think we need her in public life yeah I mean, yeah absolutely very much so um, now here's an, um, oh. now here's here's a person who is is, is kind of the opposite. He, he's somebody who um, works really hard behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, 
Nick Crosby, who um, I did a podcast with. I think it was one of the first ones where um, I did it. I went solo without you. Yeah. And Nick came in and we did a podcast together in summer 2018. Nick is a campaigner. You know, he's one of those people who just cannot um, sit back and let other people, um, or leave it to other people. He's got to, he's got to be at the heart of it, pushing people along, getting stuff done. He was, he was like the, the, um, engine behind the pro Europa movement. Um, the revival of it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Here, um, uh, the, the, the Brussels expat British community, um, mobilizing, demonstrating outside the UK rep. You know, Nick, Nick I want to just say, um, we don't tell him enough how much we love him. And Nick no, is no, no, somebody don't. that we, we love. I love you, Nick. <laughs> I'm feeling actually rather emotional talking about it because I yeah, think no, that no, Nick doesn't realize how important he is to us. Um, you find this, you find this, a lot in, in my experience in music and i think you find it in every in every walk of life you know that there are people you meet who make things happen you know yeah. i'm the kind of person mm. i'm 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 not much of a doer to be to be honest um i have ideas and i think about things and you know people say oh we should do this and then well i'm the kind of person that you know um when you make arrangements for the future I don't think of when they're actually going to be. I just think that they're at some indeterminate mm. point in the future that isn't next week. You know, there's yeah. this week, <clears throat> this weekend, yeah. Yeah. next week, and that's it. I've no idea what's happening after. I've no idea what's happening after that. You know, so for getting me to organise anything is 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 a complete waste of fucking time. Um, yeah. And Nick's not like that. Somebody says, "Why don't we do this?" Yeah. And Nick says, "That's a good idea." And the next thing you know, it's being done. Yeah, it's, it's like be, okay, it's being get diaries done. out. Yeah, Nick's the guy. Like tonight, oh. so. Tonight, this is this is this is typical of Nick. Yeah. He sent us a he sent us a little WhatsApp message today saying, "Right, I'm organising an event um, this evening. I hope you can make it. It's an event to cheer everybody up, bring us together. You know, we look after each other, and you know, um, that's what Nick does. And what we do, lazy fuckers that we are, is not even yeah. reply because we're too tired yeah, and depressed. It's awful. I haven't even replied to it. My point here is that you need people like Nick with that energy and, and, and yeah. I think we also need the introverts like us who don't want to do that. We just want to sit with our headphones on and do a podcast and or, yeah. or, or sit in, naked in bed and tweet. You know, that's, that's what we do um, in, on our own. I should... It, I is, haste. it, it, it is literally... Literally, what I do, yes, <laughs> you know. So it takes all sorts, and that's what's been great about it. You know, we've had all sorts. We've had all these different kind of people bringing their particular strengths to, yeah. to the party. So I, you know, I want to say, as somebody who doesn't often tell him, I want to say on the podcast that we appreciate what Nick does. Absolutely, uh, and, and, and another person like that yes, is, is is my very very good friend, uh, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki James yeah. from Final Say for All. Yeah, um, I, I met Nikki on a in the snow in Brussels uh, was the first time I met Nikki and, and someone I'd never heard of had got in touch with me. Was that the first time you met her? <laughs> yeah, in, that, in person, yeah. Was that an awful uh, cold event? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And someone I'd, someone, uh, someone I'd never met before um, had got in touch and said, we want to come and do, we've got this idea and we want to come and do, we want to come and launch it in Brussels. Can you, can you help with it? And I said, so this is like uh, 20... 17 is this end of 2017 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and uh, we've got a few people to come, and we've talked to some MEPs, and they're going to come. Uh, and yeah. Can you help out, like, with sound systems and stuff like that? And we've got a food truck, and and this is what you know, not living in the Netherlands, and the other organisers living in the living in the UK. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and we had that amazing snowy protest yeah. in December. <laughs> And it was snow like it was seriously God, it snow, was miserable, like, wasn't it? And that was sixty centimeters of snow, and it yeah. was yeah, it was really miserable. And we just pressed on with it anyway. Um, yeah. But that was, was interesting because that then, was that was when we were just beginning to get our act together as as, as pro um, yeah. remain campaigners, and we were just finding each other, and we were beginning to think, oh, you know what, we've you know we've got the makings of. Uh, of an she really helped with that. Yeah, yeah she did. And yeah. Nikki, Nikki, Nikki's own story about her situation. Was very powerful, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you know, it was Nikki that it was Nikki that really came up with the breakfast is personal thing, yeah. Because her, you know, the story that she always tells, and she's told on this podcast before, but it bears talking about because it's relevant for the future as well. Is that you know when she always tells the story that she was in a pub after a protest and some a, a Leave voter was asking her about it. She was like, you know, why do you bother and why are you not aggressive, you know, but just. Mm. Why do you bother? And she explained her situation, and he said, well, "That's fucking dreadful." Mm. You know, that's I voted leave, but I didn't. I didn't vote leave so that people's lives would be fucked up. You mm. know, I voted leave because I thought people's lives might be it might be better in mm. in, in some ways. Mm. You know, um, and yeah, he was yeah he was anti-immigration, and you know, mm. lots of other things that we might associate with many 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 leave voters. But his motives his motives weren't weren't to hurt individual people well. in the way that Brexit has and 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 will. So the whole point of, you know, Nikki's quest, along with lots of other uh, really wonderful people who mm. work on who were, who've worked on Final Several as well, was to get these testimonies about how Brexit is personal and what it means mm. to them and take mm. and take it away from G- hits to GDP and mm. uh, FTAs and, you know, all of all of this stuff and just get it into the personal realm and say, look, this is what this is what it means for me. So we, we've ended up with, I mean, we've got a YouTube channel now with like 200, uh, 200 videos mm. on it. And, and we ended up organizing Rally for Our Rights yeah. as well. And we've done it on an absolute shoe, shoestring. I mean, in, in what, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, we've done it on less than 10K in two years yeah. of, uh, of funding. So no, she's been absolutely amazing. And personally, she's been a, a just gigantic support for me as well and emotional support and, uh, but and I, th- I think I think you'd find a hundred or two hundred people on Twitter who would say the same thing about her. That she's yeah. been an enormous mo- emotional support for them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, we come to Peter, who we've already mentioned um, as um, my lunch companion of mon- of yesterday. It was only yesterday. Oh my god! So Peter Wilding. Um, also, invented the word Brexit. He, he invented the word Brexit. Euro realist on. On Twitter, He's, yeah. that's him, isn't it? Yeah, you're a realist yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Um, although, Den- although Dennis McShane claims that he the, that he invented it, but when I mentioned Peter, he was like, "Oh yes, it might have been Peter." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a politician. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was more. It was more actually that he. It was more actually that Dennis McShane really likes Peter. I mean, I think Dennis McShane does think he invented it, and Peter does think he invented it. Um, but Dennis McShane really liked Peter and didn't want to uh, want, didn't didn't want to steal any. From the OED, from... the OED is quite clear on the matter. The authorities have spoken. It was Peter. Really? Yeah. It's in the. He's in the. He's yeah. referenced in the OED. Yeah. 
Wow. Or at least that's what he told us on the podcast, but he is he was he is an ex Tory, so you, I don't know if you can trust him. <laughs> no, he, well he he bought me a very nice Chinese meal once, which was very, very kind of him for no, no, Peter Peter yeah. is um he's the right stuff. Um Peter is I I, I actually he, the podcast I did with him, I've done two podcasts with him. And I think the first one I did with him was on, on my kitchen table here and with um, the, Othello the cat sat behind us, um, mewing and slowly consuming a bottle of wine. Um, it was a drunken podcast. It was a funny podcast. It was an interesting podcast. I think it was one of our best as well. I mean, that was one yeah, of, I one of the best. So I, I enjoyed that very much. Your best. Yeah. Um, now, he has this incre- incredible memory for anecdotes as well. Yeah, you know, he, he does that, exactly. He just yeah. absolutely endless He's anecdotes. He's got that talent, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, which, which is a bit rich, given that we've now spent about an hour sharing anecdotes. Uh, about, yeah, I mean, if anybody's listening now, you know, kind of well done, because this is a bit like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a bit like the old Jonathan Ross fan, you know, the old Jonathan Ross show, when... Uh, <laughs> No, who, who'll be coming on this week for the Jonathan can say he's always been a big fan I of I know. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think that was even a, was it a Radio Times or some listings magazine, maybe it was the Guardian Guide, said this week Jonathan Roth will be always having been a big fan of and then the list of guests on it, you know. Well, that may have been Charlie Brooker's um Oh, yeah, I bet it was, yeah. Uh, Radio yeah, Times, yeah. Yeah, I bet it was, yeah. yeah. All right, but we're, we're, getting to the, we're getting to the end now. Um, we're, on, we're, we're on S. S for yeah. Seb. Why yeah, why don't you say something about Seb? Oh, he's just great. And he's, um, he's also very hot in real life. I mean, he's <laughs> very, very good-looking man. Seb's, Seb's amazing. Seb's another one that um, the work, the, the work, work cross-party way, 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 way more than anybody knew about. Uh, and... Just his total, his his just complete devotion was really, really amazing. But he's also, uh, uh, he also has two, two amazing talents that he recruits brilliant people. I mean, Seb's office were absolutely, absolutely incredible and a, and a driving room, an engine room, sorry. Um, and and also he's just such a great communicator, mm. and I'd, I'd I'd really love to see him. You know, when you think, who do we want in? Mm. Well, any of the MEPs I've worked with, I'd be I'd be very happy if they were in uh, UK domestic politics after Brexit. But you know, I really think I really think particularly mm. Seb and Seb and and in the Labour Party at the moment as well. I think Seb is somebody who is needed by <laughs> by the by the party in a mm. in a really big way, and 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 by extension by all of us. You know, mm. so. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. He, he's too young to be lost to politics, and he's he's too good to be lost to, to politics. So um, mm. I, I, I don't know what his plans are. Um, but, no, I don't but, know. Um, yeah, I hope we'll see more of him. Um, yeah, very much. A lot more. I hope. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of politician we need. Yeah, completely. Um, now, um, now we come to the final two. Uh, both are listed mm-hmm. in our. Um, in, in our in our books as co-hosts, yeah. um, there's Steve Analyst, whose real surname I still don't know. <laughs> all this time. I d- well, uh, he did tell me it, and I've forgotten. Oh my <laughs> so god! It's like 
It's like that book. You, you know those books um, where you can't tell anybody your real name because that'll give you power over them. Do you, do you ever read the the, uh, the Lies of Locke Lamora? You know, no. you know the books I'm talking about. They're really good, sort of um, mm. fantasy novels. Um, uh. Yeah, if you knew Steve's real name. Um, obviously, you'd have some kind of hold over him, so that's why nobody knows it except you, who it's a, probably it's forgot a security it. Thing that, it's a security thing, though. You can't give up a secret if you've forgotten it. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's a handy... It's like, um, it's like two-stage verification, you know, for my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not meant to tell any of them that, therefore I'll just forget about it, and yeah. then I'm guaranteed. Uh, no, Steve... Well, he's the best threader on Twitter, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the top five best threads on Twitter, yeah. all by him. <laughs> now another person who sort of kind of came out of nowhere and and just had a lot to say, and so he said it, and that's again the beauty of Twitter as a platform, which is that um, you don't need to get an agent or you don't need to be pushed by a newspaper or something. Um, if you build it, they will come, and yeah, and that's what Steve did. Steve just blew onto just did, just did it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes. So, which takes up to last, but very much not least. Yeah, so Tanya, um, Tanya Bultner. Yeah. I mean, what to say about Tanya? Professor, yeah, profe- Professor, Professor Tanya. Tanya um, the, so speaking of Tyler, speaking of indefatigable, speaking of energy, speaking of um, just motivated by pure rage and injustice, I and mean, this is, yeah. you know, Tanya is one of the classic campaigners. Um, she would have were fitted perfectly into a campaigning role at any point in history you imagine she she would have been one of those people who would have been there um campaigning for what's right and just not being silenced i mean what she's had to put up with and people have tried to silence her i mean that's we we you know we don't get i don't think well you no no there was a serious attempt to silence you yeah but nothing nothing compared to what time you get on a daily basis no no absolutely absolutely nothing the abuse and there there is there's uh, i keep saying it every female campaigner i know gets fucking torrents of abuse and i get virtually virtually none and it's not just the quality filters on twitter that's making the difference like you know no um, I should, you know, by any standard, I should get a shit ton of abuse, and I, for and, and I get I get virtually none. And you talk to others like uh, like David Allen Green and 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 people like that, and they say that they say much the same thing, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. And yet, so so to be a woman uh, standing up and uh, and looking to publicise the issue, the issues they're fighting for is is. Genuinely, genuinely dangerous and genuinely, genuinely scary. And Tanya's had some very scary, disgustingly scary yeah. encounters. And to keep going, I don't think I would have kept going under those no. conditions. I have to say, I don't think for a no, second. No, especially for somebody who has options. I mean, of course, she's right to say, "This is my home. I've chosen to be here. Why should you chase me out?" So, of course, she she's in the right, and it is her right to stay where she is and to campaign and to do what she does. And 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 we're all glad that she does it. But how many people in her shoes would have resisted the temptation to say, well, fuck you, I'm off, you know? She's got so many things that she could go and do in so many parts of the world. But solidarity, I think it's solidarity with others who who don't have those options that makes her do it. And that show of solidarity is just incredible. It's really... Sorry, it's my turn to get a bit teary. Also, also, actually, I've got some Tanya-related news as well. Oh, yeah. Which we should have put in earlier. 
Um, but yes, I have some Tanya related news, which is that, um, with any luck, um, I'll have an album out before Christmas. Um, <gasps> which will be, I can now reveal, will be called 1000 Days. And it's called 1000 Days, um, in, uh, tribute to the three million and to, uh, to, to citizens who've been held in limbo for actually, well, now over 1,250 days as it happens. But when we decided on the name, it was mm. over a thousand days. Um, and this is an album that I made, uh, by accident. Um, I made it, uh, uh, well, I'll actually maybe another time I'll tell the actual, yeah. the actual story of why I made it. But what we're going to do is we're going to release it through Tanya's, uh, EU Citizens Champion website. Um, and 100% of the proceeds will go to, uh, the 3 million, uh, through EU Citizens Champion, uh, to help them. The, the, the campaign and the work for the 3 million really doesn't stop now yeah. because there are still rights that are outstanding that need to be agreed in the future relationship. Exactly as you say, it's not just a trade mm. deal. The future relationship also needs to tie these up. We need to protect the one, they need to work to protect the ones from what we know is a fucking nefarious government that couldn't give a fuck um, about EU citizens in the UK uh, from 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 rolling back on them and act as a watchdog, and also it needs to help people get through the process of uh, of, of registration and settled sell status and uh, give people help when it goes when it goes wrong because there's little very little help from from anywhere else. But we've managed to do it so that it'll be 100%, and 100% of the proceeds, not profits, 100% of the, the proceeds will go to them. We've managed to get people to do lots of things for, for free with websites and <clears throat> stuff like that. And we're not, I'm not going to distribute it for, through uh, the usual streaming things uh, like iTunes and, and Spotify and Deezer and all that kind of stuff. It's only going to be available from, from her, from her oh, website. That's fantastic. And, and we're going to do it, and we're going to do it on a pay what you want basis as well. So yeah. anybody can have anybody who wants it will be able to have it, um, and you can choose how much you want to pay from it from from zero if you uh, if you if you uh, if you can't afford it or you don't want to. It's up to you uh, to, to to have outlay like this. You'll be able to have it if you want anyway, um, and you can give a donation or you can give a donation of whatever you want, or you can pay what you normally pay for a for a CD and pay a tenner or whatever uh, uh, an album on iTunes. CD, God, nobody buys CDs now. Um, you know, whatever an album on iTunes is, is a ten euros or twelve euros or, or you know, whatever you whatever you want to. Um, and I think the way it'll be arranged is that you'll get you'll get emailed a download uh, link, basically, yeah. um, and you can download it directly and just drag and drop it into whatever whatever you use or add it to your add it to your music. Um, and it's an amb- it's an ambient album. It's 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 it it uh, it comes out of. Exactly the feeling of being in limbo, of being uncertain um, and scared and anxious. Uh, and it was, uh, and it reflects that. A lot of it was done really just to, to relax me to do it, but also music for me to listen to when I was suffering from, from, from issues of anxiety. And, you know, hopefully it'll help other people or they might just, you know, they might just enjoy it. Yeah. Or you put on as background music while you're making toast in the morning or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, I don't mi- I don't mind at all. But it's quite exciting for me as well because I've never released an album. I've, I've played on albums and I've, I've recorded and mixed albums, but I've never... Uh, Didn't you? 
<laughs> no, I've never, I've never done done uh, done my own, and I, yeah, I thought I didn't mean to either. But I'll, maybe, we, maybe I'll, maybe you can do, maybe we can do a podcast on this. Yeah, uh, we would love to. Yeah. So we wanted, for, but Tanya, being Tanya, I wanted to do something positive before Christmas, and yeah. she want, we were going to wait to release it. Um, and but yeah, she wanted to do something positive before before uh, before Christmas, and I think that was a good thing as well. So I hope hopefully we'll get out. We've just got the final proof of the artwork. Um, and a bit of tech work to do, and hopefully we'll get it out. Uh, it may, maybe by the end of this week, but more probably just before just before Christmas. So, well, yep. congratulations! That's that's really exciting news. Um, that's um, a lovely way of talking about positive things coming out of all of this. Um, something creative, something positive, something concrete, something active that is not directly. Um, discussing sad and depressing things relating to Brexit, but is obviously profoundly connected to it. So, yeah. Bit, bits of it are quite sad and depressing as well, I have to say. But <laughs> well, hopefully, da- not, download hopefully, it, hopefully, download hopefully only bits of it. Yeah, download yeah. it and see for yourself. And yeah, absolutely. Donate. Yeah. Look, you know, um, we've spent a re- really, really long time um, going through this long list of, of, of our friends and our guests, and, and yeah. I, I don't know if it makes for super podcasting, and um, it's certainly a, a, a very stark contrast to what we did in the last podcast. Um, but, you know, right now um, I think it's nice to think about the friends that we've made and the people yeah, that have contributed right. to the the campaign, which at this point in time, we can now definitively say has failed. We will be leaving the EU. Um, there is no real hope left no. that we can avoid it. Um, but but you know, I, I, just want, I just want to say, can I just mm. say on that, right? Yes, it has. But there's a few things, you know, there's been... All the way through this, you know, there have been the people who like to do the probability of outcome, <coughs> you know, you know, yeah. and, but there's always the question, you know, what do you think the chances are? What's the yeah. probability? And for a year, a year and a half, it was 5% or what, you know, I mean, yeah. it was a 5 unless, except our, also our friend Mark Johnson, who always said it was never going to happen. Um, but mm. yeah, it was, it was 5% and the... You know, we were a fringe of crackpots mm. who thought that they could reverse this. Yeah, thought that it was even thought that it was even possible. And then at various points, um, I remember writing an article in response to uh, to David Allen Green towards the end of uh, to an article he'd published, saying, "You know, it's kind of over. We should be focusing on what the what kind of Brexit it'll be yeah. now." Yeah. And I'd written an article saying, "No, well, there's still there's still a chance. There's still routes out, there's still routes that can be taken." Yeah. And while there's still a chance, we should we should keep going. And you know that was a year ago that yeah. I wrote that article, and yeah. it's a year later, and we still haven't we still haven't left <coughs> the EU. So we we took it yeah. collectively from being a fringe crackpot thing to the BBC having a bit on its website of how a referendum could happen yeah. and what it w- and what it would and what it would be on. So we got collectively. We got uh, it. We absolutely uh, and, uh, way, way further than we should have ever absolutely. got it. And we did that. And we did that without single leaders, without central, uh, you know, a central coordination, central funding yeah. force, and uh, uh, and at, you know, at the beginning with virtually no political representation. <laughs> no. Although that came, um, that's right. 
That's right. I, no, you're you're absolutely right, Stephen. So, that, so, that's... so we 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 have we have in a sense we have failed in that we haven't got the outcome. That yes, well, we, we were we we wanted, and you shouldn't dress that up as anything else. It is that. On the other hand, um, we haven't gone we haven't gone down without a fight, and. I, you know, we, I think history will show we got pretty fucking close. I it? think that, that's what I wanted to say. I mean, so that, that was precisely where I wanted to go. I didn't want to sort of obviously end the thought on, well, we lost. Because in many ways we, we didn't. I mean, ov- obviously on the issue itself, we, 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 we are not, we're not, we did not succeed. We, we have not stopped Brexit. Uh, and there are all sorts of reasons for that, which historians will pick over and we can certainly discuss in future podcasts if, if we, if we want to. But, What's important to say right now when people are feeling bruised and people are feeling defeated is that, you know, what we really can be proud of what we've done. We fought this all the way. We should be incredibly proud of what we did. You know, we we picked ourselves up after that referendum result and we fought tooth and nail and we really influenced things. And whatever happens now... um, Nobody can say that there was a national consensus behind Brexit. Nobody could say that and look look us in the eye. They know that that's not true. You know, and there's that poem, isn't there, by Dylan Thomas about not going gently into that good night. Exactly. We we did not go gently into that good night. Yeah. Uh, we, We raged. We raged against the lying of the right. And, and this could have all, no, 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 no. Stop, s- stop, stop. Wait, 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 wait. You have to acknowledge. <laughs> you have to acknowledge my clever little. I'm, yeah. I'm ridiculously I'm trying, proud I'm of trying that. To move, I'm trying to move on from it. <laughs> don't, quickly. don't move on from that. <laughs> don't move on from that. You're not allowed to move on. We raged against the lying of the right. Come on, come okay, on. Okay, I'll give you that. I will give you that. Come one. on. <laughs> Honestly, it's like doing a podcast with a whiskey drinking Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> fucking did we did and i'm proud of and that with a, and with and you know you look at the list of people we've talked about and with in most cases no experience of campaigning before you know i had no i had absolutely no experience of 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 campaigning i had you know uh, uh, 200 twitter followers um and everybody was in, so many people were in exactly the, the, the same situation. And everybody's had to find out to do this, how to do this as they're doing it. And often, actually as well, the, the grassroots bits, the amateur bits, if you like, um, have done it better than the professional bits as well. Um, oh, yeah, much better. Much better. No, much better. I mean, it, it has been um, another thing that I'm sure we will we will draw the lesson that we will we will draw over, over the coming months and years is um how this has changed the political landscape and how this has changed mm. campaigning and what what this means for the way in which we do politics in the uk because we've got this new movement we've got um all sorts of lessons to be learned about how to uh, how to mobilize mm. at the grassroots level um I mean, there, are, there, are, there, are the, there is a whole other discussion to be had about British politics and what can you do. But you know, as, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's not one to have right now because <laughs> it's, now, it's no. too depressing. But certainly, um, we, we, we should not look back on what we've done these last two and a half, um, three years and feel defeated or, re- or feel regret or feel, you know, I think we've done ourselves proud. I really yeah. do, actually. I really do. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to re-engage with national politics um, through the Labour Party. I'm, I've said that I'm going to do that. Um, I'm not doing that because I think that the Labour Party ha- has got everything right over the last two or three years mm-hmm. and that they deserve my <laughs> um, £4 a month membership fee. No, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for other reasons. I'm doing it because um, if, if this election has, has told me anything, it's that uh, the UK is still utterly enthralled to this two-party system, um, to the first-past-the-post system, mm-hmm. um, and the only way to change that, and it needs to be changed, is to use it and to exploit it and to, 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 to use that as a lever for change. Now, I, yeah. I don't know whether that will succeed, but if enough of us the goal. try, then maybe we will. And when you look at what entryism has done to the Conservative yeah. Party... Um, you know, there you go. Now, do you want to have the kind of success that those entrists have had? Then do it and follow their example. And, 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 and guaranteeing guarantee not trying to do it will definitely not work. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. But these things are, uh, but this is exactly it as well as the politics. Is, politics is just, no, is generally just normal people, relatively. Well, normal. Not, not that normal. <laughs> relatively normal. Well, we normal want people. normal people in it. And the, pro- that's the, pro- the problem is that the people that you knew at university who, who went on to become politicians and do well at politics were generally, and with, with important exceptions, some of whom we've already mentioned this evening, were generally. <laughs> Not the normal people. The normal yeah, people yeah, went no, on to work as lawyers or bankers or whatever. I mean, certainly at the university I went to. You know. yeah. um, so, you know, you want mm. normal people. You want the best people to go on into politics. <sighs> and... Um, that, and, don't be, and, and that's and, on all sides. And that means, yeah, that, you know, exactly. that's not just the Labour Party. That's not just the Lib Dems. That's not, you, know, you, know, you want the best but, people who have, you know, to, to work in the Tory party too, because you need, you need <sighs> that. You don't. You can't just leave it to the worst people, which is what we've done. The worst people it, are running it now. But it means not not being intimidated by, you know, big big structures and organisations, or by people that you've seen on TV, or by um, or by big big media brand names, or or any of that stuff. Remember that these people are these people are just people and your people yeah and and, I, uh, I, I, and your people as well you know so there's no reason to be intimidated by this everybody can go and can go and do can go and uh can go and do this access is access is much more democratic than uh, you would think. no it is it is and i, I want I, before i leave the, the the subject i just want to just want to stress that um we fall into the british trap of being um quite polarised and polarising and, 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 and we make no particular bones about where our politics are. But as we were, as we were saying, we've had a number of people on this podcast as guests who identify as conservatives and who have been conservatives and who we consider to be our good friends. And, in, and the more continental approach, if you like, is to um, embrace those differences um, and be cooperative and look for common ground. Yeah. And, you know, those friends of ours... Um, who um, are, are on the conservative side of, of, of the debate, um, who've come and joined us, they have been forced out of their party. They're now kind of yeah. homeless. And that, that's not a good thing. We need people like that. We need the yeah, Peters cool. and the Gardens. And we need them to be in the heart of their party directing it. Because oh, that's the that, but that's the that's the painful le- lesson as yeah. a left of centre person is that you do, is the the you know the traditional cry of destroying the right of driving out the driving out the right um you don't want that no, you, you might don't. think you want that you don't actually actually you need relatively strong 
Christian Democrat style centre right parties because if you don't, a uh, far right far right party will come and take its place, which is what's happening. You want an effective. You want, and this is this is now where we get to after nearly two hours of podcasting. This is now where we get to the heart of of, of, of the issue. What you want is a balanced, well run effective system with solid sound institutions which are resilient so that you have genuine representation genuine democratic representation genuine democratic accountability and that means uh, an electoral system which isn't weighted so that it's constantly (laughs) won by uh, a party that has successfully gerrymandered boundaries over the years and 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 played and exploited the system so that now it effectively is the permanent party of government and therefore can abandon any pretense at trying to have talent and simply exchange talent and, and, and capacity for politics for loyalty to uh, yeah. the leadership. Or, 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 you know. and, and, and we're now in this god-awful situation precisely because our political system has allowed one party mm-hmm. to veer off in that direction um, without any punishment at the polls. So that's, that's the problem. You, ne- you don't want to kill the right. You want to have, no. you want to have a balanced, accountable, well-managed electoral system which most countries in europe they, have they keep, and that keeps the right sane yes it keeps it keeps it keeps the right uh, uh, a center-right christian democrat style party yeah uh yeah absolutely and that was a, that for, i mean for me that was a real a really painful realization well, this is, this is the know? lesson we have to learn and so yeah. for me this is you know so we, we need to talk a little bit about the future of the podcast but for me this is this is where we can continue to add value is to sort yeah, of shine a little bit of um uh, of objective light onto um, the debate in the UK and, and show them what 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 a better nation could look like because you know the UK is surrounded by them you know the UK yeah, is surrounded I, by better nations one, yeah. yeah and we, 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 we live both live in one so it, there is a better a better nation is possible but we have to fight for it now you know because it what's happening now it's exactly what we warned about last week what's happening mm. now is that. We're going to get electoral reform, but it's going to be in the wrong direction. They're going to be they're going to be shaping it even more in a way that then uh, perpetuates their, uh, their 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 place in government. Now we haven't got time to. I think we we'll, we'll have to talk about this on another occasion. But I think that there's a lot to be discussed here about. Um, I agree. Where the battle lines are drawn. Um, for me, you know, obviously Brexit has been uh, a, one hell of a battle, but it's it's a battle in a war. And, and the war is a war of values, and the war is a one of um, um, wh- how do we wish to be represented? Do we do we agree with the people people that delivered Brexit that now run the government in the UK, which is that the only legitimate and natural f- tier of government form of government is, is the national one, run from and Westminster, the exe- and, the, and the executive yeah. as well. And when they when they when they say take back control, they don't mean taking back control from Brussels. They mean Re- repatriating control from all to levels them. to them in the executive, yeah. even from Parliament. Yeah, and and certainly, you know, when we were talking about Scottish um, independence, we would. Do we seriously think that this nationalist Westminster exceptionalist government is going to sit idly by and tolerate a progressive government in another part of the United Kingdom? Never mind them giving the nod to a second referendum, to a second independence referendum in Scotland, are they even going to allow Holyrood to continue as it is? I I think that that's going to be one hell of a fight. 
I think that they're no, going to try and roll back devolution. Yeah, I think that, they're going to come for the schools. Come for it. Yeah, and absolutely. they'll come for the Welsh Assembly, and they'll come for the, for the regional mayors. And I mean, they're they're going to they'll roll come back. for every, everybody who tends to be in opposition to them. Yeah. So the discussion that we've had on this podcast in the past about federalism, <clears throat> which is a concept that no, I mean, you, you, I can see you smirking there, Steve. But this I is the hobby. This is the hobby it. horse I, I intend it. to ride for the for the for the foreseeable okay. future because it's a really important one. The the, the the notion that government should be undertaken at the level closest to the citizens is one that I think we need to convince British people to fight for because they're not going to they haven't had that and they're not going to get that. And Brexit was about that. You know, Brexit, people think that, Bre- that, that Brexit, that, that, that the EU is about taking power away from the citizens. No, it's not. And the EU has no. never pretended that. The EU is about doing things at the European level that need to be done at the European level and not those things which don't. But you know, the principle of subsidiarity is that government should be done at the level closest to the citizen. Uh, yeah. as, poss- as, as close to the as citizen possible, as, possible. as possible. So that, exactly. So the way in which... The nation state and the national tier of government has basically said, no, 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 no. We're, we're the ones who will do it. Thanks very much. Exactly. You can, you can, yeah. you can go to sleep. Um, regional governments, local governments, you don't need to bother about local elections. They'll just be a, uh, you can register your protest vote. We don't care. The, the important stuff is what happens in the general election. Uh, and, oh, and by the way, we've rigged that, you know, that's what we need to fight against. So this is Definitely. not over. That fight isn't over. Brexit is happening. But the fight for um, a functional democracy in the United Kingdom is, is, is really only getting going. It's right on, yeah, yeah no, yeah. absolutely. No, it, bega- it began on Friday, really. Well, it didn't, yeah. but it certainly moved up a notch. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, okay. that, that's, there you go, I finally got my rant in. <laughs> so you, you had to listen to an hour of us talking about... <laughs> We might. We, who, might do think, who, do, who do you think? Which one of our listeners do you think is still listening? <laughs> if you're still listening, please could you let us know on Twitter or just sort of like just let us know that you still listen this far. Seriously, yeah. I really want to know if anybody's actually got this far. But also, we we wanted we we said thanks to all the people who've been on the podcast, but also we wanted to say thanks to everybody who supported it on the way. I mean, when we set off to do this. We had no idea whatsoever whether anybody would have the faintest interest. In fact, we were quite sceptical that yeah. anybody would have the faintest interest. And uh, we haven't got a gigantic uh, listenership, but we've we've certainly had statistics that have spurred us on in, uh, have spurred us on and made us want to keep doing well, it. Well, we're in and order had... of magnitude. We have the, in terms of numbers, they're in order of magnitude greater than what we thought would be a success. Yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, our absolutely. Own, in terms of oh, our own Completely, and when we decided never to monetize it at the beginning, we didn't think that the opportunity. We did that mainly because we didn't think the opportunity would be would be there. But you know, for speaking of you know strategic errors along the way, but um, but no, but really, really, thanks. I mean, it's it, I find it mental, absolutely nuts that people have any interest in listening to what I reckon about stuff. Um, mainly because I spent my life with my family and friends not having much of an interest in my rants <laughs> and points made at length <laughs> on a variety yeah. of political subjects. Um, but no, and it's it's just really lovely. And the messages that we get and the encouragement that we get from people on, on Twitter and stuff is just, it's just incredible. I've had so many bad days cheered up. Particularly if I've often stayed up till four or five editing it to get it out first thing in the to get it out first thing in the morning. So I tend to work wake up I tend to wake up in the morning it's released a bit grumpy anyway because yeah. I haven't had enough sleep. Um, and then you know a lunchtime or in the afternoon 
you get a nice thing saying, you know, nice episode this week or something, and yeah. it just completely makes made bad, really made made bad days good for me. So uh, it's been really, it, that's been just incredible. Yeah. Look, um, speaking of going to bed too late, um, it, yeah, it's well, now yeah. too late. So I, I need to, we need to wrap up because I need to go we to do. bed. Um, but it's been good to talk to you. <laughs> well, good, we've, well we, we said we'd see each other on the flip side and this is the flip side. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, I was not in the mood to do it tonight, to be honest. I, I've been deliberately avoiding yeah. news and discussion, and I've just been keeping my head away from it all. So I was actually not really looking forward to it, but I, um, as usual, once once we started, it, it's it's been really enjoyable, actually. So and yeah, and go and I mean, it has for me as well. And go and, you know, go and talk to go and talk to people and talk about it and talk these things through and. You know, get the catharsis out, and uh, you know, and get take time to get your head together. I think that they are acting quickly, but I don't think you know we're not going to win any battles in the no, next week, is, in the next is, couple, in the next couple of we- in no, the next couple of weeks anyway. This is because, a long haul now, and and where they are, but the the battles that we have to have already of you know what's in the withdrawal act bill and what's been removed from it, like work of rights and the guarantees of rights and so on. Um, <laughs> And, and Parliament's involvement, and there's, 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 there's big fights to be had over them, but, but we are not going to be, uh, well, firstly, with a big Tory majority, they're not going those fights aren't going to be won, no. and we're not going and people, and we're, we collectively are not going to be decisive in winning that. Even yeah. if they, even if they could be at this stage, they're, 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 so don't don't feel guilty about taking some taking some time and uh, and looking after yourself and your friends and your family yeah. and your fellow campaigners. You know, no. The thing to the thing to do is firstly look after yourselves. Um, we need to we need to build our uh, energy levels and our resilience. Um, this is going to be a really long fight. This is going to be a yeah. fight of five years. 10 years you know this is not going to be done in a couple of months or six months or a year um the second thing is you know um what can we do usefully at this point tweeting angrily about the latest thing that james cleverly has said his latest brain fart i mean that's not going to help me um probably not going to help you far more helpful um do something concrete you know maybe think about doing what i've just done and sort of joining the Labour Party so you can vote for their next leader. But even more concretely, um, you know, the state is going to retreat even further from yeah. from people, from looking after people, from looking after citizens. And unfortunately, you know, we don't want that. And that's not what we want from our state. We, we think that the state should be involved in caring for the most vulnerable. But it's not going to be. And we're going to have to step in. So, you know what? Step in. Volunteer. You know, um, this this Christmas, think yeah. about maybe giving some time to, to a crisis shelter. Think about giving some something to a food bank. Um Give to a charity and you know, give charity presents to, 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 to your nearest and dearest. Stand up for minorities and the vulnerable wherever you can. We're going to ha- that's that's what we're going to have yeah. to do in, in in the coming time. Do that. Look after yourself. Look after the vulnerable. Look after those people around us. And you know, gather your energy for the long haul because this is yeah. now going to be a fight for the next few years. It's 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 yeah. going to be tough, but. That's what that's what I would urge um, our listeners to do if they're not doing it already. I suspect they are. And as, as for us, also, yes. as for us, um, Steve, I think we, we we're still not quite clear what we're going to be doing <laughs> with the podcast. But this isn't going to be the last one. No, um, definitely not. Uh, I think we, we probably both want a bit of time off now. 
um, over Christmas and New Year, um, and we'll we'll see where we are in the New Year. But um, we will not disappear from 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 your lives. Um, we'll be back in some form at some point. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely, we will. So have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, everyone. And yeah, fucking forget about all this for Christmas. Yeah. Just you know, spend some time and yeah. and, and have and have some fun because there's been a lack of fun. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you can do, yeah, and uh, yeah, have a really good Christmas, everybody. Um, actually, I'm going to play. I'm going to play you out with uh, a little snippet of my album. Excellent. I'm going to take, which is a bit self-indulgent, but then it's our podcast. So it, 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 there's not been the slightest bit of self-indulgence in this podcast so far. So I think you should go for it. <laughs> <laughs> never, never self-indulgent. <laughs> Entire episodes on federalism and classical history. Never self-indulgent. Talking about all our mates. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, yeah, and all I meant, and um, yeah, I tell you which song it is, but I haven't decided which one it is yet. I'll, I'll stick it in at the edit. Okay. But this is a lovely stroke, haunting stroke <laughs> track with a story about it, which I can't tell you about because I don't know which one it is yet. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Take care. Bye bye.